Good morning, welcome to Ainsley News. It's Thursday the 21st of January. Today we're talking gold, silver and stock to flow. Yesterday's article raised the financial concept again of stock to flow but dealt mainly with how it applies to Bitcoin. Today we go back and look more fully at stock to flow as it applies to gold and silver, courtesy of an article penned by the infamous annual In Gold We Trust report from 2014. If a good or goods is to remain money, the public must remain convinced that there won't be a sudden and unstoppable increase in its supply. That from Ludwig von Mises. Ludwig von Mises always held the opinion that gold is a good like any other. It differs only in terms of one important characteristic. Money is the generally accepted medium of exchange because it is the most liquid good. According to Mises, its role as a medium of exchange is therefore a crucial characteristic while its function as a store of value and unit of account are only subsidiary features. This implies also that a rising money supply must lower the exchange value of money. Supply and demand thus determine not only the prices of goods and services, but also the price of money, uh, responding to its purchasing power. Confidence in the current and future purchasing power of money depends decisively on how much money is in existence currently, but also on expectations regarding the future supply of money. The more money is supplied, relative to the goods and services offered, the more its value declines. This can also be seen in the following chart we're going to show you in a second. In 1913, the population of the US stood at 97 million people. The money supply, M3, at the time amounted to approximately USD $20 billion, or 210 USD per capita. Currently, the population stands at 317 million people, while the money supply, M3, has risen to USD 17.26 trillion. The per capita supply of money thus amounts to USD 54,366. It's a bit of a change there from 1913, isn't it? Here's that chart here showing M3 per capita since 1900 in US dollars. I'm going to show you another chart here, the next chart. It illustrates the global stock of gold per capita since the beginning of the 20th century. And it's fluctuating in a fairly tight range of 0.6 to 0.85 ounces. This is remarkable as the global population has exploded from 1.65 billion people in 1900 to some 7 billion people today. Here's that chart here. Gold stuck in tons versus gold per capita since 1900. The gold supply curve only changes marginally. Scrap supply can be volatile while mine production is highly inelastic. If one compares this to the supply curve of paper currencies, this is one of gold's major advantages. Governments can print currency at will. There is no difference between the digital cost of printing a 100 euro note or a 10 euro note. There is, however, a substantial difference between producing 100 ounces or 10 ounces of gold. The former takes exactly 10 times the effort. This next chart we're going to show you illustrates this relative scarcity. The annual or average annual growth rate or CAGR of the US monetary base between 1917 and 2013 amounted to 7.17%. The supply of gold, by contrast, only increased by 1.52% per year. If one looks at the rate of change since the beginning of the new monetary era, i.e. since the end of Bretton Woods Agreement, the growth rate of base money is actually significantly higher at 9.95%. The gold supply, by comparison, grew only 1.5% per year in the same time period. This relative scarcity is the main advantage of gold compared to fiat currencies. Here's a chart here showing the annualised rate of change, gold versus monetary base, from 1917 to 2013 and 1971 
to 2013. We've already discussed the crucial importance of the stock-to-flow ratio in our previous reports. Simply put, the ratio means that in case of gold and silver, as opposed to other commodities, there is a major discrepancy between annual production and the total available supply. This equals a high stock-to-flow ratio. As we stated last year, we believe that the permanently high stock-to-flow ratio represents one of gold's and silver's most important characteristics. The total amount of gold amounts to approximately 177,000 tonnes. This is the stock. Annual mine production amounted to roughly 3,000 tonnes in 2013. This is the flow. If one divides the total gold mine by annual production, one arrives at the stock-to-flow ratio of approximately 59 years. The ratio expresses the number of years it would take to double the total stock of gold at the current rate of production. This next chart we're going to show you shows the trend of the ratio since 1900. One can see that it fluctuates akin to a sine curve around the mean value of 66. Here's that graph here, or chart showing stock-to-flow ratio since 1900. Silver's stock-to-flow ratio, by contrast, shows a definite long-term trend. Until 1951, it rose, and it has been falling ever since. Here's that chart here. The monetary suitability of gold, silver, and the US dollar. In order to quantify monetary serviceableness, we have determined three sensible values based on the stock-to-flow ratio for gold, silver, and the US dollar, which is shown in the next table we're going to show you. The average absolute height of the STFR. The higher, the better the suitability as money, and shows how high the annual growth in supply usually is. The difference between the highest and lowest value of the STFR, or stock to flow ratio, the lower, the better the suitability is money, and also shows one must expect in terms of extreme outliers in the STFR in the long term, soundness, reliability, and manipulability. The median of the annual rate of change in the STFR, the lower, because the better the suitability is money, and shows how large the short-term fluctuations in the STFR are on average. Here's that chart here, just showing the difference between gold, silver, and the US dollar. As the above comparison shows, the US dollar as a representative of fiat currencies has the worst value in terms of all three criteria, especially the last two figures, illustrate quite starkly why the dollar is not suitable to function as stable money. Gold, by comparison, proves superior in two cases and is only bettered by silver in terms of mean value. This confirms, once again, that gold is the primary monetary metal. Well, that's news today. Do take a second to really understand STFR there. That last little bit did get a bit confusing, but if you need to read it, jump over to ainsleybullion.com.au. You can always read the entire article and focus in on any of the graphs. They're not going to flow through too fast as we do in YouTube videos here for you. If you're after any physical metals, ainsleybullion.com.au, gold, silver, platinum, cryptocurrencies, ainsleywealth.com.au, and of course, goldsilverstandard.com for Ainsley's own cryptocurrency, built and backed by real gold and silver and stored at Resolve Vault. Enjoy your Thursday, and we'll catch you tomorrow for end of week news.